Welcome to the Waypoint What's the Point podcast. I'm Danny, one of the pastors here at Waypoint Church, and we have another episode where we're just talking about just what's going on in our church, looking at the past and looking ahead to the future. Our last episode, we did that with world missions and kind of where God has us. And now we're going to think about just our local church community and, and gospel community and, and where where we are and where we've been and where we're headed. I'm joined by a couple uh, regulars and uh, just glad to have them. Who's, who's in the studio with me? Erica Cassioni, Director of Women's Discipleship. Uh, Eric Weiner, one of the associate pastors. Lawrence Yu, lead pastor. Well, welcome. Uh, good to have you guys back. We had a little brief hiatus in the summer, and it's good to be back in the studio. Actually, for those of you at home who are just starting to listen, this is not a studio. It's just a room at the church with some random mics that we got for $60 online. Totally a studio. You're, yeah. under, you're underselling it by far. All right. But if you ever want to come and visit the studio, you're welcome. We we'll can, give you a tour. We'll give you a tour. But uh, all right. For icebreaker question one, what's your favorite season? We're, we're heading right now. This is kind of the fake fall, you know, it's, but fake fall really end of summer. But what's your favorite season? Hands down the fall. You can't okay. beat it. Uh, many reasons. Great weather to play golf in. Changing leaves, all that kind of stuff, but college football and NFL, hard to beat. All right. I like almost all four seasons equally. Like, I would never want to live anywhere, even if it was a beautiful tropical place that didn't have seasons. I, like, love, like everyone else, I love the fall and the changing leaves and stuff. I think that's probably most people's favorite. But I um, also love the winter. I like a good snow and it'd be cozy. And I love in the spring, the first day it gets warm and everyone comes out of hibernation and the long days. In the summer, I think my favorite is probably whatever season's coming up. So, like, I'm always looking forward to the next one. So, yeah, right now it's fall. Yeah, I would say I would say the fall, too. Uh, even though I think that the fall introduces some of the worst parts of, of just the year, which is pollen season. I think pollen is, like... More than spring? spring? Well, spring, you're right, you're right. Okay. <laughs> fall, there is fall pollen. There is, there is fall bad. pollen. It's right. ragweed and stuff. It's yeah, I feel like I feel like, yeah, anyway... Um, yeah, just just the lull. Right, right now you're in a lull in terms of sports season, and so you have like all these sports that are about to start up. I, I love when the the weather is just starting to get cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always a, a great feeling. You kind of can can pull out different uh, different parts of the wardrobe and and just yeah, that fall fall. Plus, my birthday is in the fall, so for me it's also the fall for almost the same reasons as Lawrence. I love uh, the cooler weather, but I love football. I love college football. It's a lot of fun and just it's just a, a cool season. You know, the summer was great, but I I just enjoy a lot of the things that happen in the fall and uh, heading to Thanksgiving. I feel like the end of the fall is is still pretty awesome. So it's it's a season that I always look forward to and enjoy. All right, this is an icebreaker that will segue into our discussion for today. But what size and style of churches have you attended in the past, and how did you find community in those churches? Mm. I would say I've, I've probably attended every, pretty much most all sizes and styles of churches. I've been to a church that had, you know, 90 people, to a church that had 10,000 people. I've been to a church, so did a church that had 2,000 people, so did a church that had. 300 people. 200. So I've been to pretty much all different sizes of churches um, most of the time, so most of my life. So I've kind of had a wide gambit. How did you find community or any distinctives or things about community in, in different, I, I different think, settings? I think it was unique challenges in every, in every one of those settings, even with the large churches and the small churches and finding good community. I think it really depended on my stage of life. You know, as a young single, it was just really hard to find community. In certain stages, but when I was a, a youth group, it was much easier to find. Or when I was a college student, it was easier to find community. So it really didn't really depend on the size of the church. It had more to do with my stage of life, typically, if I didn't find a community. Yeah, I feel like I can I can relate to that. Um, I mean, my my entry point into the church was really uh, when I was in middle school and then high school, getting involved in youth ministry. And so, I mean, that was that was in a a UMC church. Uh, I wasn't really thinking that much at the time about, oh, how many people are here? I mean, they had, they had like two services, but really, really the, the connecting point was the, the youth ministry. And, and that was, that was a lot of where relationships happened. It was, it was nice uh, that a lot of the people in the youth group kind of came from one school. And so we were able to, to kind of connect and see each other more on a regular basis. Uh, when I went into college, um, campus ministry kind of was more of the, the, 
avenue for for community. I would say that like my relationship to the church and my even my understanding of church kind of looked really different than uh, what I understand the role and, and purpose of the church to be now. Um, where church church at that time was in a much larger setting. Um, much bigger congregation, and it was really just just about the Sunday the Sunday uh, morning worship experience. I mean, ser- served a little bit here and there, but um, just really was more plugged in community wise with uh, like guys in in my Bible study who were connected to the whatever residence hall I was I was staying in on campus, uh, and then uh, going outside of college. Uh, have been in in church plants of, of different kinds, and so have been have have seen have been in a church setting where uh, it's like, okay, we are one of we're like ten people here right now. I, please, please, somebody else come. Like this is a little awkward. Um, to you know, just just smaller smaller church church settings. Uh, you know, there are fifty people gathering to now where, where we're at with Waypoint, and so uh, I'd say getting more plugged in and, and just like small groups, community groups has, has, has been a, a primary avenue for community. Yeah, like um, you guys, I've had lots of different experiences. Um, my family actually started going to church when I was a preschooler because someone invited my brother and me to go to vacation Bible school, and um, it was a small church, so it was easy uh, for our family to get plugged in. I think growing up, you know, I had community through a uh, youth group, and we... Um, because we moved, we went to various churches, anywhere from like you know 100 to 400 or so people, but always small enough that we we knew the pastors and the staff. Um, after uh, in college too, I, I campus ministry was a place where I had a lot of my community, although I still went to church. And then we spent a few years um, overseas, and we couldn't go to a physical church there. Um, so we had, you know, church in our home. There were pros and cons. We um, really experienced life together, which was sweet. But um, we were all around the same age. We kind of missed out on um, experiencing the the full body uh, generationally. Um, for a while, when I was uh, single in Atlanta, I went to I only went to a mega church like one year of my life, and I really got ex- community outside of church. Sadly, I didn't really have much community within my church there. Um, and then um, when our kids were young, we lived um, in Boston for about four years. And I just had a really neat experience with community. At that particular church, we could walk to our church, and several other people around us could too. So we were actually, yeah, in our neighborhood with our church. And uh, that church really emphasized community too. I think it was the first time that I fully understood that um, the community wasn't just like an extra, like a nice thing if you get it in addition to church, but it was like a key part of the Christian life, um, just like studying the Bible or prayer or another aspect of Christian life. Yeah, so my story overlaps with Erica's. She's she's my wife, so that, but <laughs> when, when, when we this first, news. as a kid, <laughs> as a kid, I went to a real small church, maybe 100 people on Sunday morning or less, then we moved to a couple of different places around Florida and Georgia and churches that had 300 to 400, which is probably the ideal size where there's enough. They can have a youth group. They can have big kids ministry, lots of programs and, and things. So I was and then when we moved back, we literally moved back to the same town that I lived when I was younger, went back to that 100 person church. So my youth group was like, you know, 10, 10 15 people. Uh, so I've, I've seen that. And then, like Erica said, just just a wide range. I've never I've personally never been a member of a church that had more than about 800 people on Sunday morning, 700. So I've never I've never been a member of a, a mega church. I've, I've visited for services and been around a lot of different denominations and things. So, yeah, my experience is, is pretty broad. Uh, but I feel like the summary of you guys and even my my own experience is different life stages uh are part of community where like where you live if it's a transplant area and you you're also a transplant if you meet other transplants you guys can create community together if it's a place that's you know has a lot of people in the same life stage or just people who live near each other there there's different ways i've seen community happen but in almost every situation it was a little bit of work uh it took work uh either the church was good at creating spaces 
it was normally a combination of the church being good at creating spaces and people taking initiative. People wanted it. Uh, and, and the combination of those two tended to help it. I, I saw, I, but I, in all these different contexts, I was able to see good gospel community. So, all right. So we are headed into the questions. But before we do that, I, I just want to give a brief history lesson of Waypoint. And Lawrence and Eric, you can pipe in if you have Waypoint any. Waypoint history. If you thought about this. But let's just say five <laughs> years ago, 2017, we had about 105 members, about 115 people on Sunday mornings. Uh, this was kind of as we were still meeting at Cedar Fork, moving into this building. Uh, 2018, about 130 members, about 130 people on Sunday morning, and about 35 kids in our kids' ministry. 2019, before COVID, you know, 155 members, about 150 people on Sunday mornings. We actually had 225 people Easter of 2019, and we averaged about 45 kids uh, across the board. You know, some Sundays we might have 30, some Sundays we might have 55. 60. And then 2020, before COVID, through March, uh, the dreadful day of March 13th, Friday the 13th, 2020, when the world shut down. But before that, we had about 175 members. We were getting up to about 170 people on Sunday morning and about 55 kids. The kids' ministry was outpacing. The, the growth of our kids' ministry was outpacing the growth of everything else. And then jump ahead to 2022, uh, this past couple of months, we're at about 125, 195 members, averaging about 185 people on Sunday mornings, and we had 297 at Easter this year, and we're averaging about 70 kids. So uh, it's really shot up a lot, and Lawrence is giving me... Well, wouldn't you say, though, like, those are the numbers so far, but in fall, we seem to be seeing another trend happening. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing a huge trend, and we... The last, the last couple of weeks of the summer, we saw... Like two over two hundred and twenty people in worship, and over seven over like 80. eighty kids. So we're seeing, uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of the numbers, just to see. It's 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 a steady growth. We're growing at about twenty people a year, twenty thirty people. Uh, how about community groups? Like uh, how during the years? I guess maybe when we were at Cedar Fork, we had about five or six community groups. And how many are we at now, Eric? We're, <laughs> Uh, as of right now, I think we're we're looking at thirteen, uh, maybe possibly fourteen. Thirteen, fourteen, um, and, and and even even you know group numbers versus like how many people are connected to these groups can fluctuate over time. Um, so there's, I mean, we've over the past couple of years we've we've kind of gone back and forth between somewhere between like eight and twelve groups, uh, maybe maybe averaging like ten to twelve people in each group. Now starting to see those numbers uptick a little bit to just see some some bigger groups and, and just trying to figure out uh, how to navigate all, all all the different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, the gr- group size can can look radically different. So our growth has been steady. Like I said, uh, every year we lose students. We lose we have we have a lot of grad students and medical residents, which we you know they're here for a set period of time. But then also we gain people, and it seems like our net. You know, God has been growing our church about 20 to 25 uh, members per year. Uh, but this year, 2020, and Eric, you can speak into this because you're. this is one of the areas of your responsibility. How many, like, first-time guests have we had visit Waypoint? Or give me an estimate on that. Uh, at this point, I would, I would say somewhere between, like, 250, 260. So like more than our park. actual attendance have visited. Now, some of those might be, a, a, some of them are some, some a of those percentage are family of members, family members visiting um, family. Visiting out of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, those, those are all factored into to that number. But more than 60% are new people checking out our church. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Um, okay. Yeah. I, and I don't know all the stories of, of I mean, they've actually gotten to hear a lot of different people talk about a lot of different things of just mm-hmm. kind of background and, and just you really hear a diversity of, of, of stories of pe- how people are hearing about Waypoint, whether or not they, they stay or get, get connected here. But um, there's just a lot of a lot of people who are just, I mean, maybe maybe in general interested in church and just looking around. Yeah, we've even had people who have been in church in years kind of coming back and, and being like, I yeah. really want, I want to go to church. And they either Googled us or a friend of a friend told them about us or somebody at work. Right. So it's really neat that God is bringing so many people. But for those of you at home, it, like I said, we now we, we literally have had more visitors in 2022, which isn't even over. Normally the busiest 
time of the year, the busiest month is, of visitors is normally September. Mm-hmm. We've already had more visitors this year than we actually have members. So it, it, it's okay to feel a little like, wow, there's a lot of new people there. There's, and especially if you, know, you were part of the 2016, 2017, 2018 crowd and COVID you know, kind of set us back a little bit. Yeah, you would definitely feel like, oh, there's a lot of new people here. Uh, we are going to have name tags Sunday about once a month where we're going to put name tags on. That way when you, you can say hey to someone, we're actually do, we're, we'll be doing it this Sunday. That's one thing we're trying to do to help that. But if, if you feel a little like, wow, this is different, it's, it is. Um, and there's, there's a stat that's very well known in church growth and church planting and, and just in the, the people who study churches that when a church has 200 members, it goes through a radical transition. And the, the basic thing about that is that's the point where you, unless you're like the hyper outgoing person who like has an incredible memory and has a lot of free time, you really can't know everybody. Now the average person can't know the more than, a, they can only have a sphere of about 50 or 60, but uh, 200 is kind of like this number where people feel like, wow, the church isn't what it was. And a lot of these studies, and, and there's actually uh, you know, trainings to help churches say that it's not necessarily a bad thing to have more than 200 people. God, God uses churches of all different sizes. And uh, so if you're feeling it, it's okay, because the studies say that around 200 members is when people start feeling like, wow, the church is, is bigger and it feels a little more overwhelming than it was, than, than the church that I joined. So that leads me into the questions. Uh, first one, why is uh, growth good for a church, especially in an area like the Triangle that's growing? I understand if we, if we lived in the middle of rural Kansas and the community had 1,000 people in 1980 and has 1,000 people now, we'd want the church to grow, but you know, you're, it's probably not going to grow as much as an area like, like the Triangle that's continuing to grow. So, but bigger than that, why is, church, why is growth good for a church? I think there's many reasons why growth is great for a church. One, people need Jesus. And so, I mean, we just want them to know and experience who Jesus is, fall in love with Jesus, and become a disciple of His. And that's what happens. There's something exciting happening. It's contagious. Church is growing. It excites people in the church. It brings new life into the church, as well as bringing people who don't know Jesus into the church as well as a big part of who we are. That's our mission. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not trying to get bigger because we want highest attendance or, you know, high membership. We want to get bigger because we want to we want to do the work of Jesus. You know, we want to do the accomplishment he has in store for us. Another reason is in an area like ours that's growing, for us to maintain even just the population uh, uh, percentages of Christians in the community— are, we need to we need to rapidly plant more churches and grow churches because our area is just growing with more, more non Christians than ever before, and so just to maintain the percentage of Christians in this community, we need to rapidly grow, and so God's bringing non Christians here, and He's saying the the harvest is ripe, and we need to be out there um, reaping the harvest. Yeah, I think uh, for people who maybe tend to be more visionary, maybe like you, Lawrence, like you can see that more clearly, the big picture. I think um, someone like me, I tend to like more intimate groups. I have to be reminded kind of why church growth is is good. But but when I am reminded, I, I can see it. But like you said, people need Jesus. People need to be transformed. Um, and also, it's not just a sacrificial thing like, oh, we'll open our doors because people need Jesus. <laughs> but we get changed in the That's process. Right. The more I realize every person I meet, I love to hear their background and their stories. And I'm touched and transformed in that process that we become richer as mm-hmm. a community and as individuals as, right. as we open our doors to more people. Yeah, I guess, you know, as, as we're talking about growth too, um, maybe there's, a, maybe you could speak into this too, Lawrence, so just maybe there's a perception that really church is growing, it's just, it's all just a, a reshuffling, it's just a shuffling of, of the same pie, it's not actually getting out and doing the work of, of evangelism and seeing seeing people uh, come to faith in Jesus, seeing people discipled like, like we're talking about, I mean, what, what, what would you say to people who, who are feeling that way? And I'll say there is some truth in that. There are some people who are going from other churches, but there are also people who experience a lot of church hurt. There are a lot of people who are running away from churches. There are people who haven't been to church in 
I don't know how many years. Um, having an opportunity and a family and a safe place for people to get healed, to experience love and community, and to become more like Jesus. That's what we want to be about. And so regardless of where they may come from, we don't know what's going on. We don't, we don't, our goal is not to weigh their past. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to see how they can become more like Jesus. You know, and so we believe that we have something. We're offering something here at this body, this imperfect group of sinners that gather together by the grace of Jesus alone, that there's something here happening. We believe we are being transformed. We believe the Holy Spirit is moving. And how do we not want other people to be a part of that? How do we, want, how do we not want everybody to be a part of that? Yeah, I think, I think that's part of, uh, you know, as, as we're talking about growth, I mean, really, because uh, we, we've been saying this too for, I mean, some, some time now, that the, the kind of growth that we're, we're, we're really seeking and that we're really looking for is to see people grow in their faith, to grow, to grow in their, uh, to grow in Christ-likeness, to, to, to mature, to, 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 to grow in that way. Um, and, and I think just a, a genuine desire to, to see the Spirit moving among us, to see the, the power of, of the Spirit at work among His people in the body of Christ. Um, growth isn't necessarily an indicator that, that that's happening, but, but I do think that people are attracted to that. I do think when, when the gospel sings, when it, it should sing. It, it's, it's a powerful message that, that's at work in us and through us, and, and um, I, th- I think that people want to encounter that. I think people are genuinely, uh, whether they can identify or art- articulate in those terms or not, I think people are genuinely hungry for, for the gospel. And yes. I think they're, they're really seeking, they, they can't always articulate what they're seeking, but I think that's what they're, they're seeking. At least that, that's uh, what I've found to be true in, in my own heart. And, and I do think that that's true for other people. And, and so uh, I, I think that's, that's part of churches growing too, is, is the gospel going forth and, and wanting to call people uh, to experience the, the the kingdom of God that that we're getting to participate in. So, what are some of the fears that people have about growth, like in a church? I mean, just from your own experience, or just from what you've read, and yeah. and even maybe things you you've heard from Waypoint people. I think people love the cozy, homey. Oh, I know my everybody knows my kids, and I know their names, and I know their kids' names, and I know what's going on with them. It feels like home, and I get that, and I love that. Don't get me wrong, I love that. I think we can still have that, but I think people fear losing that once the church gets bigger. Yeah, I think I think that's that's part of it. It's just um, you know, you start to. I think when you're when you're in a smaller setting too, you feel like you have more say. Um, you feel like you can you your voice matters, and you as as you're participating in, in the different things that are going on in the life of the church. And, and I think that uh, as, as a church gets bigger, it feels like you kind of you kind of lose that. You can, you can kind of lose yourself in the crowd. Um, you, you feel like you're just an, another, another face. It, it becomes easier for people to, um, to just come in and, and not really be known. You can, you can come in and duck out and, and, and not really experience that, that kind of uh, family feel that that we've talked so much about and, and wanted to see is, is just uh, radiate out of the, the culture of, of the church that, that we, we've been asking God to, to create in us. Um, and so I think you know th- there's concerns that if you if you go to m- multiple services, for example, that you, you start to feel like, well, wh- how, then how do I connect with those people? Do we do we become uh, like a divided church in some ways because we we have do we do we kind of become multiple churches under under one roof? You know, the, I, I think those are those are concerns. Yeah, I think um, change is scary for, for a lot of people. I know I'm um, being change averse myself. Uh, one thing that I have to remind myself as is that things are going to change whether we grow or not because that's just well, the way life works. Things change, so like just coming to terms with that and just recognize that as a reality and it doesn't have to be um it doesn't have to be a negative thing you know we can um god is a a god who's on the move and who's working and and that's gonna that's gonna bring change too but we can also um and i think we are as a staff team as a leadership um there's certain things that we were our core values that we don't that we're committed to not changing too. you know maybe some of logistically some things are going to change maybe new things are going to be introduced but at the the core um we're committed to keep the same 
All right, you guys know I'm the historian and the statistician and the logistics guy and the Bible scholar. So I'm gonna roll all these in in these next couple of comments. So in Acts chapter two, uh, Peter declares, you know, save yourself from this generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3000 were added to their number that day. So the first church ever was a mega church because according to U.S. statistics, 2,000 people is a mega church. Mm-hmm. So the first day when the church is established, it's a mega church. And I know for a fact that all 3,000 of those people couldn't all meet in one place. They, they didn't have a small church. So even the model, the very model we have, I'm not saying the mega church is the answer or anything. I'm just saying that, Hope of the world. that we want to reach people with the gospel, and that includes churches doing everything they can. I remember talking to my... Uh, senior pastor in Boston, and I joined the. We, Eric and I joined the church when they were near seven. It was a church plan, and it was actually booming and growing, and especially for Boston churches because of land and other things. I mean, they just don't culture. culture they just don't grow. They grow. There's churches in Boston. There's a lot of them, a lot of ethnic churches, and and a lot of multi-ethnic churches. But they just you they they, they can't like buy a big piece of land and build a huge building. Mm-hmm. So you may not even know that there's a church of 400 people meeting in this tiny YMCA gym. But I asked my pastor, I was like, what do, you, what do you want? And he's like, I used to want a small, cozy church. He's like, I loved, you know, and, and he's like, I, I love the fact that we had this, we were founded by an intimate group of people that just wanted to love Jesus and, and were just trying to figure out how to love Jesus and live in the community that they were called to. And, but he's like, every day I go to the grocery store, every day I walk around and see people who don't know Jesus. Mm. And... I never want to tell God, nope, because I want a cozy church, those we're not going to invite these people, provide a seat for these person right. to come and worship Jesus. So he's like, I had to reorient myself. He's like, I don't think he, he, he was against video church, video past uh, sermons and all that. But he did say God had to convict him that, you know, we're called to, to love and build the kingdom where we are. And that might include growing faster than we would personally want to. Mm. And that's okay. okay. So that's my stat and my, that's my, my, you know, my thought on that. And then I do want to say, just looking at the statistics of the triangle, the triangles added 800,000 people in the last 22 years since, since the uh, turn of the century. So, uh, 800,000 people have moved here. So that's a lot of people who need to hear about Jesus. Mm. Plus the other 1.2 million who already lived here before that. So we have a task to be salt and light here. We have a task to be a city on a hill. We have a task to be part of what God's doing. So, yeah, so that's... And, that's, I, and I think, yeah. you know, it, it, it goes back to what we have been saying as a church since, since day one. I mean, Waypoint Church exists to advance the kingdom of God by making disciples of some of the tribes and tongues, right? Yeah. No, we, we don't say that. We say all. Like, we, we're... Like it, we, we talk about, uh, you know, we send people out each week. We say, reach the triangle, reach the nations. We don't say just reach some pockets of the triangle, mm-hmm. reach some pockets of the nations. Like we, we we're trying to be faithful to who God has called us to. To I mean, as as we're in this place and in, in the triangle, is eight hundred thousand people are coming sure. here from from all over. I mean, may, right. are all the are all the tribes and nations in the in the world here? No. But I mean, we're still. This, this is what we believe God has called us to. This is God is worth it. He's He's worthy of of the worship of all things, all everyone, and so we we want to see that happen, mm-hmm. and and we want to be used by God to see that happen. And I think, um, you know, as as we're seeing God work and move in, uh, I mean, the grand scheme of things, like our small little church here in in the Triangle, we're, we're just we we want to see more more faithful ministers of, of the gospel and more faithful churches and, and faithful ministries uh, just partnering together to, to do this work. But, you know, I, I think when you share that number of 3,000 people, I'm like, man, how did they, like, because they, they weren't just like, okay, we preach the gospel, now our work is done. They're like, now we, now we need a disciple. We need to, we need to, we're established, like God's establishing the church. How, how did they do it? How did they organize? How did they, uh, maintain, like, keep track of people, just tend to people, care for people, serve people, give, empower people to use their gifts? I mean, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting Loaves to see and people fishes. just they, respond they from, to what God's yeah. doing. Yeah, I agree, Eric. So along those lines, what you just said, yeah, I think, we got to think about loaves and fishes. We got to think like what seems impossible. 
Jesus will provide. The Spirit will do it. It's going to require work. It's going to require faith. Uh, but leaning into that, you you touched on this a little, Eric. Maybe uh, Lawrence or Erica. Just what do you think? Way God's doing at Waypoint right now? Like, how have you seen with and Erica, Eric too? Because you're you know kind of meeting these new guests and kind of helping them learn more about Waypoint. Like, what what's God doing and bringing new people and and we're, we're, what's what's going on right now? I see, and I'm I, what's, I'm very biased because I love Waypoint and I love mm-hmm. Waypoint people. I see God's cultivated a small church like ours, raised up leaders and discipled us, and really called us to a global vision. And I love that he's he's now. I feel like he's empowering us. He's resourcing us. He's equipping us to train others to come apart this vision alongside together. And I love this idea. I feel like God's done this work for the past however many years, seven, eight years. Um, he even slowed us down during COVID and said, no, you guys aren't ready. Let's, let's, let's take some more time. Let's keep on building up. Let's keep on developing the DNA. Let's establish yourself deeper together in the Word and in prayer. And then I feel like now he's like, okay, now let's, let's, let's get the teammates in. Let's, get, let's build it up. Let's build up what we're doing. Let's, let's get together. Let's start planting churches. Let's reach the nations. And that's what I feel like, I mean, maybe that's just me as a hindsight looking back and see it happening, because maybe that's what we wanted to see happen from the beginning. But I feel like that's what's happening. And I feel like this is this beautiful move that God is doing to, you know, to get us in the right place for that. I um, also love the way he's bringing in different people with different gifts and different passions. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about what God is doing um, as far as prayer yes. in our community. Even earlier today, some of us met with some people who are just really passionate about incorporating um, a culture of prayer into every area mm-hmm. of our church. That's and right. I just see a new, um, it's new life in that. And that's the beautiful thing is that that's how God is shaping us. He's revealing stuff through his word, but he's also revealing stuff through his people. Mm-hmm. He brings in the people to help nudge us in this direction. We're maybe weak in one way. He gives us people who are strong in that way. Mm-hmm. And he's just he's growing and shaping our church. Lawrence, you, you mentioned the kind of slowing down during during COVID, but just, just kind of ramping back up and, and just seeing again uh, just this, this call to the nations and, and just the pursuit and, and church planting and, and uh, how the Lord's kind of reinvigorated that that desire in, in us to just i looking back on covid 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 was really hard i mean it, like personally it was it was a very hard time um i think even just just being on staff in a church and and just you, you kind of go through different doubts and and just wondering what what god is doing how he's at work in, in the midst of these things and uh, starting to come out of that a little more just I don't know. It's it's been it's been kind of a whirlwind to to go from. I mean, I think it's easy to forget that in January we pretty much canceled all of our Sunday services, whether it was because of COVID or because of snow. Uh, so 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 January is just a wash. Like, wow. and it's almost like that was I, this year. I, that was yeah, this year. Yeah, like wow. I, like you just you forget. Like uh, we we canceled service because of COVID because you know so many people um, had it. Yeah, yeah. And and so I think wow. you know just just being where where things are at right now and and just being excited about p- potential prospects of, I mean, as, as we're talking about, we, we want to uh, grow the accountability within our church and, and uh, grow the partnerships uh, we're, we're actively seeking and, and have, or seeing, seeing the Lord provide and establish partnerships with, with other churches and other, other like-minded believers and um, in, in, uh, in our city and different parts of, of the world. And um, I think, Seeing seeing other people come into the church who have uh, similar passions and like mindedness and and pursue the gospel, uh, wanting to ha- having the opportunity to train up and, and raise up new leaders in the church, new new uh, pastoral interns, and um, just just moving toward we we're actively moving toward uh, planting like wanting to plant a church in in the future. And I mean, we I know that we've talked about that for for years, but. In some ways, it seems like it's actually starting to gain more traction, right. and so I just I'm just excited for what God's doing in, in the midst of that. That that, mm-hmm. that he he uses us. He doesn't have to, but he, he does. Yeah, and so what I'm hearing and what I know is just someone who's been on staff and been part of the process of thinking through all this, and even our conversations before COVID with elders and staff is Waypoint knew that the slow and steady growth was was a gift from God and we but we also knew that we wanted to plant churches and we wanted to hit 
a size of a church be at a critical mass where we could plant other churches and without our church folding or falling apart you know so we so we've we've been preparing for this we've been asking god for wisdom we've we are part of the summit collaborative which is a, a church planning network of, of churches that exist to build solid healthy discipleship gospel-based churches that when they're healthy enough they begin planning other churches and plan, who plant other churches. So this has always been part of our DNA. But I, I, I say that, ask this kind of jokingly, but what's what's the perfect church size then? Or 392. You heard no, it right no. here on the Waypoint. What's the Point podcast? 392 plus one. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, there's no such thing, right? There's no such thing as a perfect church size. Um, God uses all church sizes to do amazing things. I love what he does in the small, tiny church to the mega church. He uses it all. I say for us, for us, there's no set number as a perfect size, but I believe that there is something to be said about the church being resourced enough to provide that what we expect the church to provide for our people and our families. What I mean by that is a church that's resourced enough to have multiple pastors, to have children's ministry, to have a youth ministry, to do a VBS, to do local, uh, local international outreach, to plant churches. That's not a that's not a fifty person church. That's not even a hundred person church. That takes a lot more than that to be resources. If that's our expectation from the local church body, I think going in is, is what do we want? What is our expectation from the local church body? Who kind of dictate somewhat of its minimal size, if you will? That's ideal. Okay, so we've established, and, and at Waypoint, God gave us this amazing building. We are so grateful for Journey Church and the merger that, that God opened up. And we, early on, for those of you who are here in 2016 and into 2017, we were just praying, God, where do you want us to land? Where, where is our spot? Lawrence was hoping for like some kind of community center, warehouse thing, and we were looking at banquet halls and sushi restaurants and we taekwondo places we were looking everywhere, and, we were looking everywhere and, and god brought us this beautiful building but the building has is close to unc so all of a sudden we went from a school thinking maybe duke students might be uh more of a priority now we're like well unc undergrads but then duke and unc uh graduate students are a, a big part and even duke undergrads are now a part of our our ministry here so so as God gave us this this property and and this opportunity with with no mortgage, we're able to do more missions. So we're so what we're doing is just asking God for wisdom, saying you called us to be the local church here with this DNA and this vision, but we don't want to stifle the spirit, and at the same time we don't we don't want to like tell tell you what you're doing, God, but we want to like be listening and and seeing what doors you're opening and closing. So what I'm hearing is is we need to grow some so that we can have the resources we need to plan another church. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we need to always have seats available in our present location so people who want to come and meet Jesus and worship with us have a seat. That's right. So it's not really about a number. It's about, you know, what is God calling us to, what opportunities he's providing. And we don't have a ton of parking here. So for those of you who are listening, take the shuttle. We're going to start offering the shuttle. You can check it out on Realm. What an easy way to serve and love your community and a way to provide for the gospel to get out is by taking the shuttle. And don't think, some Sundays you might take the shuttle and been like, man, I didn't need to because there is a parking spot. Don't think like that. Just think, I took the shuttle and maybe one Sunday there wouldn't be a parking spot and I'm giving a parking spot to somebody. I say that jokingly, but yeah, so, so that's where we are right now is we want to create a church that reaches people where they're at. And, um, you know, it does sound funny, but I love how um, sometimes showing love and serving others is just really simple and practical, like Mm -hmm. taking the shuttle. I don't like taking the shuttle, but I'm going to do it. And just uh, (laughs) like sitting uh, in the center, sitting close to the center and not leaving gaps in your seat and like sitting close to the front. It sounds so silly, but it's like the most simple way Mm -hmm. that if someone new comes in, you know, if it looks like there's not a spot, sometimes there's lots of chairs, but because of the way that we're sitting, it looks like there's not, they think, oh, there's not a place for me here. So just a really simple way that you're honoring God and loving your neighbor. And it's okay to sit near, you know, me and Pastor Danny and Erica (laughs) up near the front. It's okay. The front, the front's not bad. Yeah. (laughs) 
No, we really are excited about the opportunity to welcome more and more people each Sunday to worship with us to our community groups. And we th- I, want, I do want to say that when all of us on staff, we get to meet the new people. We do the, the Explore Waypoint class and the Next Steps class. And almost every person says, this is the, these are the kindest, friendliest people I've ever met at any church I've ever been to. I mean, it's, they're like, this church is just filled with people who sought us out and said hello and asked us questions and even invited us to lunch. So continue to be those people and we'll, let's just see what God does. All right. So now we're going to go to the second part uh, of the podcast. And I just want to just ask you guys just your thoughts. How, do, how are we going to help people find community as the church gets bigger? And how have, what have you seen in some of your past experiences on this? So, like, what are, what are we doing and, and where, where are we headed with this? For some people, it seems like it's harder. They're like, oh, church is getting bigger. It's harder to find community. But also, you have to realize that in some ways it's easier. There are more people that you might connect with, have more affinity with. More people possibly in your neighborhood or your child's age or your school or more people in your spheres that you have more opportunity to build relationships with. So it, you, you can look at it negatively, but in actuality, I think it could be a very positive thing in regard to trying to build. But I think it comes down to whether you have a large church, a growing church, or a small church, or not growing church, whatever it may be. It comes down to so much. It comes down to intentionality. Uh, it comes down to life circumstances. It comes down to so many variables that um, I think we've, we need to be intentional about trying to pray for and trying to intentionally walk in a good community. You know, and when I say this, what I mean by that is there are times in your life, I get it, where you can't, it's hard to be intentional. You know, there are times if you have five little kids, you know, and, you know, you're working full jobs, and it's, it's just hard. It's hard, hard to do that. But there's also, even in the midst of that, there's always decisions that you can make to help try to attempt to grow in community. I would say if um, if meeting new people, if forming community, if that is easy for you, then um, recognize that's a gift. Mm-hmm. That is not easy for everyone. So please use that gift. We need everyone to use their gifts. Um, but you know, please continue to reach out and and help others who who um, it might be more challenging. And if it is challenging for you, if it is awkward, if it's hard, know that you're probably not in the minority and that, you know, a lot of us still have like a inner middle schooler inside of us wondering, you know, if we'll be accepted or what people are thinking. But just press through that. Pray about that. Ask other people to, to pray about that. Mm. And don't give up. Sometimes um, it's going to take perseverance. It just takes time. I remember, you know, I talked about that church, um, our church in Boston, where we experienced great community. But I remember even early on um, going to a weekly uh, play group with the kids, and I'd have to give myself a pep talk in the morning. Like, okay, you can do it. You know, I'd look for excuses. Like, do they have a runny nose? Uh, is there, you know, do I need to stay back? But, you know, just making myself go, have the same conversation over and over again. Um, but over time, the conversation moved from just the same questions to getting deeper and deeper. And before I knew it, I had four really close friends who became wonderful friends. So um, another thing to recognize is I think that, like, we're not going to be um, equally close to everyone. And that's okay. You know, that I, I once heard um, – a talk about relationships and um, there was a graph and I'm normally not much of a graph person but I thought this one was really helpful this visual it was a bunch of like concentric circles and the inner circle was like people who are really close to you maybe like a best friend or a spouse the next circle was like good friends uh, after that's acquaintances and like the last circle was like somebody you might see in your daily life or you're like a barista or something <laughs> and they said that the the key to like feeling connected wasn't a, a key number. You could have 50 people represented in your circles. So you could have like five, but the key was having people like in every circle that like you feel connected. And I feel like our church is still small enough that we can at least recognize faces. I'm really thankful mm. that we've started um, Grace puts pictures of the new members on Realm right. so we can at least recognize names and faces and kind of know that even if you don't know someone well, we're that's somebody you worship with and part of your body they're obligated to. But then from that, maybe in community groups and smaller groups, get have those people in the inner circle too. So. That's good. Yeah, I would, I would just add, uh, is you're asking how do we how do we find and, and keep community. Um, some, of the, some of the ways, and you mentioned this at the very beginning, Danny, in, in one of the icebreaker questions about 
churches trying to be good at creating community and then people also seeking it out, pursuing it, being intentional in that way. Um, and, and so as we, as people are coming into the church, some of the things that, that we keep repeating, that we keep saying over and over again is there's not, we're not trying to give you a rule to follow. We're trying to give you principles to, to, to apply, to, to think about as, as you're trying to engage community in the life of the church. Um, and so in general, try it, try, like at least pursue it, like try to prioritize, um, what would it look like? And so community groups are one of the, one of the primary spaces for, for trying to form these, these, uh, community these these relationships within the church yeah i think um, i should join a community group because that sermon on sunday was <laughs> wow. was was jamming man i was uh, like i felt like man i need to join a community group yeah um well i, I appreciate that um however we are in a community group. <laughs> <laughs> um but and eric preached the sermon on sunday in case you missed it it was a really good one go back and listen to it well okay uh so so um so just saying like uh, and even even as we're thinking about those spaces, um, I mean, I, I didn't mention this in the sermon, but, but this, some of the some of the language that we've been giving to, to groups and just wanting to see lived out in in those spaces is this idea of gospel plus safety plus time. And I just want to touch on this idea of safety is, is we, we want to create we want these spaces to cre- be creating environments where people are are respected they're they're being cared for they're being li- like they're being listened to there's there's that mutual respect and, and love there's no accusation there's no condemnation there's no like there's no one-upmanship like not trying to think of oh like you, you know when you're when you're in these kind of relational environments you're like does this pe- person think i'm awkward i don't know what else to say like we're trying to trying to dispel some of that and just say no like there's belonging here like these these are spaces where the stranger can become known um, and where you can actually have a meaningful voice and and you and, and part of developing some relationships like that is just it takes time it takes just regularly doing it um, whether that's uh, an every week thing maybe people not everybody has time to commit to every week so you know some groups are every other week and, and just just trying to be realistic about um, okay, what what can I do to pursue community? Uh, if it's just for whatever reason, just not the time, not the season that you're in, you're not you're not able to do that. Men's and women's events uh, and and men's and women's ministry is is one of those ways that it's just another connecting point. We're we're trying to have uh, some of these bigger events every other month or so, just to just to create larger spaces for for men to connect, for women to connect with each other, to get to know people, even outside of those group spaces, but just to just to connect with other people in the church. Um, you know, seasonal Bible studies where it's like, okay, here's a here's like a six to eight week window or ten week window. Um, that, I'm, that I can commit to for a time to and growing in the word, growing together with other men, other women, and so those are those are some of the ways we're trying to create more spaces. I mean, we're we're trying to do more as as thinking about discipleship in general, thinking about like communal spaces, and also thinking about learning spaces. Um, so you know, Danny's so so grateful for just being the the guinea pig for these classes and, and getting this first class on the Trinity. And so love, love to, you know, take what, what he's learned from that and just keep going in, in that way with Waypoint Academy. And even that can create community in the life of the church. So we're, we're trying to make it easy for people as easy as we can to connect, but, but even still you can have everything teed up. You still have to, you still have to swing. You I still like have to that. come. And so, yeah, I was about to say that though. It's still swing. I mean, we're making it, we want easy on ramps for you. But you yeah. still need to accelerate onto the freeway. Yeah. yeah so the easy on-ramp, but just just get on. And I know it's, I, I understand that it's hard. I know, it, especially after COVID, we stayed at home a lot during the past <laughs> two years. You, know, you were taught that you're helping the world, you know, by staying home a lot. And it's hard to get back out there for some of you. And can I tell you, we talk about this all the time here at Waypoint Church. It's not, spiritual maturity is not an individual project. It's a group project. And even if you don't believe that yet, Read it in the Word. See that it's corporate. See how much of the Bible is talking to the corporate people of God. See how much the Bible is talking, the promises is meant for its corporate people. Look into the Word. Call us out on it. Challenge it. And then once you see that it is meant to be a corporate, it's a group project, then do what it takes. Do it. I know it's not, I'm not saying it's easy, guys, because I know some of you, I know Erica's looking at me, Lord, it's easy for you to do this because you like people. I'm not saying you don't like people. I'm not saying you don't like people. I'm not, I like people. I'm not saying you don't. I'm not like, I'm not like you like to hang out with people all the time. That's what my wife would say. She's like, you like to hang out with people all the time. That's who you are. You get energy from people. 
And I'm like, I understand that, but my wife, God bless her, she loves, she knows that she needs people too. And we both do. We all do. And um, God's called us to be together and do this together. So I just want to challenge you guys that, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I don't feel connected. What are you doing to, to be connected? And I think sometimes you just have to, like, embrace the awkwardness yeah. of, uh, that it takes to be connected. One time I had a woman, like, tell me, I, I'd like to be your friend. And it was, and she was, we uh. were in our 30s. And and I was so thankful. Like, when I told someone else that, they were like, whoa, I can't ever <laughs> imagine saying that. But, and we actually became good friends, you know? I think sometimes um, it just takes, like, you know, hey, this is a little awkward but you know move forward in the relationship i do like um to like the language that eric was using about like uh, create spaces that's i mean before every women's event i pray that that people will will connect and make and make meaningful relationships or take one step closer um but there's only so much that that we can do um i don't expect everybody to go to every Bible study or every event that's offered. That's why we're offering several. Like, we we don't want to overload you. We just want to create opportunities. And I do want to ask, please, 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 if you don't leave church because you feel disconnected without talking to one of us first, because I want, I would want to know, and I would want to like pray with you and probably connect you with someone else. And just know that if you do feel disconnected, you're, you're not the only one, you know, um, and that we we want this safe place where we can move forward in community. That's good. Yeah, and I want to thank Eric and Erica for their hard work during COVID and then after COVID to really just think about how can we set up channels for discipleship, channels for gospel community, and they both work really hard. And if you're feeling like I just can't find a community group that works for me or the time, the day of the week, whatever – Talk to Eric. He's in t- touch with lots of people at the church, and he's, you know, just kind of naturally he's going to be good at matchmaking because he's he knows the big picture of all these different groups and people who are looking for groups and people who are new and people who live on different sides of town. So so go find him. And then, like Erica said, if 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 you need to talk to Erica or Eric or Lawrence or myself or like, let us know that that you're struggling with this and let us pray with you and help you find community. And we, we, God, God wants you to have community. It's, it's there. And no matter what life stage you're at, we're going to, we want to, that's, it's part of the church. So it's, we're called to help you find that. And we're called to create spaces for that. Next thing is just realm. And I'll just say this. So realm, if you're not on realm and you don't get the updates, Eric will set you up. You can email him, Eric at waypointrdu.com. But you got to get the updates, especially for if you're a man, like for the men's updates and the women for the women's updates and then the overall church updates. Because let's say someone's like, hey, a bunch of us are going to go to a restaurant tonight or a bunch of us are going to go play Ultimate Frisbee or Super Smash Brothers or go a bunch of, you know, like get on these groups so that when people and then invite people like if you're going to do something throw it out there now maybe no one replies don't get discouraged do it again if if three times in a row it doesn't work then come talk to us we'll we'll try to figure out what happened but but put it out there i know there's also like a parents group uh where you know moms and doing play dates and things together so if you don't know about opportunities to connect with other people ask us and we'll get you connected to these groups but also be an initiator be an initiator to let people know hey a bunch of us are going to do this the life and science museum i know is a popular one or this or that and invite people and see and see what god does as as we build community and speaking of realm um Please let people know um, about the podcast. I'm guessing if you're listening, then you already know. But I feel like uh, just more people need to could be listening and be in an ongoing conversation with us and with other church members that are a part of it. And uh, please read the blog post and, mm-hmm. and uh, remind other people because this is a way to get to know other church members, too, as they're sharing their stories and things that they're passionate about. All right. I'm going to end with this question. So... What about evangelism and church planning? Where is Waypoint? Where are we like on the fringe of? Eric kind of meant, like alluded to where it's, it's been part of us. We've been, the conversation has been happening for a long time. And where are we going? Like what, what, what are we dreaming? 
Yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's I just teed you up for this, Lawrence. I know. Thank you. That's our dream. That's been our heart from the very beginning. We want to plant churches that are um, making disciples and advancing his kingdom. And we believe that's what God's called us to do. And we've been resourcing it in our budget. We've been re- intentionally resourcing uh, our church planting, and planting initiative. We were just waiting for God to reveal the right team, the right people, and the right time. And I believe that time is coming soon. God's brought in... Um, I think we have some amazing staff. I think we have some amazing interns. And I think we have some amazing opportunities coming in the near future where we'll be see churches being planted and sent out. Um, specifically speaking, we, we want all of our people to be open-handed. That's our challenge to all of you uh, members at Waypoint Church. We want you to be driven more by the kingdom of God than by even uh, what's the most comfortable place to live. You know, that our desire is for all of us to be just so passionate about the call of God's place upon us that being wherever He's called us is worth more than anything else. You know? And so this is not a guilt trip. This is not to be like, you better be doing something harder then. No, this is go where God's called you. And I think some of you are going to be called to go to church plant somewhere. That could be overseas, it could be across the city. It could be another state. But I believe that God's raising up people in our church who are passionate about the kingdom, passionate about seeing uh, his church advance and his kingdom advance and um, want to be a part of a a church plant uh, that's going to be sent out out of Waypoint to another place. And so that's what we're intentional about. We've been um, about it from the very beginning, and I believe we're close to seeing that come to fruition soon. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we need uh, we need people who are committed to, to that vision to, to bolster the, the the things that Waypoint's doing here, and then um, I think as as we're continuing to move forward, I mean, something you didn't mention, Lawrence, is just the the culture of, of the staff and, and, and the church, and just growing this heart together to 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 go out and, and to multiply what God has has started here, and um, yeah, I think I think it means taking risks it means leveraging things it means weighing weighing what you know what's the lord putting on your heart right now and uh i I can definitely say over the past eight years that that this has been something that's been on waypoint's heart and something that uh i feel like we're we're moving toward we're starting to see more of those things come to fruition where you know maybe in the very near future we could we could really start to see some movement in in that way and I want to encourage you guys, as I've, as I've been a part of Waypoint now, you know, for a little over six years and seeing God work and seeing the original vision that Eric and I joined with our family on, as, you know, six years ago. But I think maybe I, we get to see it every day. You know, I work here. I'm part of it. But some of you guys may feel disconnected from it. But the heart, the DNA is there. And it, we actually are helping a, a church in, near in the Charlotte area plant, and they're using us as a model. They're kind of, we can't give them a lot of money, but we're, we're trying to give them some, some of our church planning resources. But they're just asking us for wisdom and maybe creating some opportunity where we can share what we've learned, because we're in our eighth year with them who are about to be in their first year. Miracles House Church that meets on in our building, they're a church plant. They were planted from another church in Charlotte. They're a plant reaching a population that we always had prayed that we wanted to reach, but just didn't have the resources to do. So we're allowing them to use our building, but then they're helping our children's ministry. Mm-hmm. So even though we haven't actually planted a church, God's already uh, allowed us to be part of that. And then there's a couple other summit collaborative churches that we've partnered with and we've been able to, to give financial resources to and encourage. So we're already doing it a little bit. You guys may not know about all these things, but it's on our heart, it's on our radar, we're ready to go. But we, like Lawrence said, we need a certain size church and a certain amount of health, uh, discipleship health and financial health to send out other churches. And this might mean we, we, we're, we we're going to need to go to two services here at Waypoint. We're going to have to have a shuttle. We're going to have to do things so that college students and seekers can come into our doors and so that we can be ready to, to plant the next church. So. So know that we care about gospel community. Know that we care about you guys coming and feeling connected with people. But we also care about getting the word out and and providing as many opportunities for as many people possible to hear the reason for the hope that we have in Christ. So we love you guys, and we're praying for you, and we know you're in it with us. And always, like Erica said, just if if you're feeling stressed or you're just like, I feel disconnected, from the church or from community, come talk to us. And we, we want to 
we, we, we don't want you to feel that because that's not where we are. That's not our heart. That's not our DNA. And we want to help you come on board with what God's doing and what God's called us to. And Waypoint, I can't imagine a better group of people to be on this journey together with. We love you guys and we love what God is doing in you. And I'm just so happy that we get to do this together. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is about to ascend to the Father. And it it says in verse 6, They gathered around him and asked him, Lord, at this time are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this is our promise. He's given us his spirit, he's given us his church, and he's given us a mission to just go to the ends of the earth, loving people in the name of Jesus and pointing them to Christ and being ambassadors of his kingdom. And that's what we're called to do. And we're thankful that we get to be a part of that with you guys. So have a great week. Have a great week. Love you guys.